Hello, thank you for joining us on this edition of Encore, where we'll be bringing you all the latest in the world of arts and culture. Let's begin in Japan, where the first manga completely drawn by artificial intelligence hit stores this week. The work raises complex ethical issues, as you can imagine, from copyright to artistic integrity to the threat that technology could pose to Japan's massive and highly lucrative comic book industry. Monty Francis has a story. Cyberpunk Peach John is the latest manga to hit store shelves, and it has everyone talking. But it's not the compelling storyline that's causing a stir, rather the fact that none of its artwork was rendered by human hands alone. The author, who goes by the name Rootport, used an AI tool called Midjourney to render all the landscapes, creatures, and characters. The 37-year-old writer, who's hiding his identity with an avatar, admits he turned to artificial intelligence because he had absolutely zero drawing talent. I can say AI drawing is far faster than hand drawing. While a full-color illustration takes an artist one full day, no matter how fast the person draws, this tool finishes in a minute or so. I think this is a clear advantage. To create his main character, Rootport entered phrases such as pink hair, Asian boy, and stadium jacket to conjure up images of the story's hero in about a minute. He then laid out the best frames in comic book format. He says it took just six weeks to finish the more than 100-page manga, which would have taken a skilled artist a year to complete. Impressive, maybe, but there's already been a big backlash. Many in the manga world are raising questions about the threat the technology could pose to the livelihoods of living, breathing artists and whether the AI tool could be stealing their work. I would be too scared of using AI-drawn illustrations as they are, because you never know whose drawing is included in there. Somebody's raw illustrations might have been cut out and reflected in the AI outputs. Some manga artists welcome AI, saying it can be used as a tool, but most maintain there's no substitute for drawings done by human hands. Companies providing the AI tools are also running into some legal trouble. A London-based startup called Stable Diffusion is being sued, accused of using its software to scrape large amounts of copyrighted material from the Internet without permission. Richly painted canvases, cutouts, murals and sculptures. French artist Henri Matisse did it all. Now a new exhibition at Paris's Musée de l'Orangerie highlights his works from the 1930s, a period when he found new inspiration outside of France. Catherine Viette explains. He's one of France's most famous painters. This new exhibition is focusing on a pivotal period in Henri Matisse's life, the 1930s. He was already famous then, but as Matisse approached his 60s, he suffered a loss of inspiration. His anxiety reveals itself in this famous painting from New York, Woman with a Veil. Matisse shows us a portrait of a woman that is harsh. If we look closely at the painting, we see how the drawing is made from the handle of a brush. It scratches in the paint. We feel very clearly the difficulty that Matisse had in painting it. To find new sources of inspiration, Matisse traveled, notably to New York and Tahiti. He felt the need to reinvent himself by experimenting with new techniques. 
The painting of a large pink nude done in 1935 is emblematic of his research. Matisse will work on numerous versions of his canvas, starting with a motif that is realistic, a painting that's naturalistic. Little by little, he takes up patterns, he takes up drawing to stylize it more and more, to end up with this extremely pop composition. Yellow, blue, pink, these pure, almost acid colors make the painting seem abstract. Matisse had the decisive stages of his composition photographed. He documented his work from his first idea to the final version of the painting, very stylized. He did the same thing with the Romanian blouse, one of his iconic paintings. For Matisse, there was nothing more complicated than simplicity. If we ask what is the main quality for an artist, I would answer without hesitation, hard work. Without that, nothing is possible, even for a very gifted man. The exhibition highlights the talent of a painter who never rested on his laurels. Staying in the French capital then, nature takes center stage at a new exhibition at the former Paris Commodities Exchange, the Bourse de Commerce that now hosts the Pinot Collection. The installations feature the work of 15 artists who take visitors on a journey from shadow to light. Monty Francis has more. It's an invitation to step closer and experience nature. We hear the sounds of water trickling over the rocks. It's extraordinary. It's calming. In a few minutes, you can de-stress from your workday. In the middle of the bustling French capital, the Bourse de Commerce has been transformed into a greenhouse of sorts for an exhibition called Avant l'orage, or Before the Storm. It's a call to bear witness to nature. Art can certainly make us more conscious of nature. Some of the artists recycle their material, trees that were uprooted by storms. An art museum is a place where we take care of artwork, but today it is also a place where we take care of nature. From the South Korean artist Anika Yi and her vegetal cocoons, to Daniel Stigman Mangrenet's hanging branches. Many of the artists have studied biology or botany and are in constant dialogue with nature, art, and science. The Vietnamese artist Tu Van Tran used rubber against the white walls of the museum, a material introduced by France during the colonization of her homeland. The rubber on the wall splatters, so it creates a skin. The humidity grips the wall, so I take it off and sometimes pieces of plaster comes away with it, and sometimes not. So it's a landscape of stains, of contamination, a kind of footprint that is created. Bringing nature to life inside of a museum, inviting visitors to live differently on the earth. Paco, the Pan-African Festival for Television and Cinema wrapped up last weekend in the Burkina Faso capital of Ouagadougou. This year's winner was Tunisian director Yusuf Shebi, who picked up the top prize for his police thriller Ashkal. It's set in 2011 after the downfall of President Ben Ali. 
France 24's Fatimata Wayne was at the festival. She tells us more. An historic prize. The Burkinabe president hands the golden stallion of Yenenga to the representative of Youssef Shebi, the first Tunisian director to win the award. His film, Ashkal, is a mysterious and political feature about a police investigation that takes a dark turn in the streets of Qatar. <laughs> A piece that obviously won over the jury. The Tunisian film, Ashkel, there is a great creativity as far as cinema and cinema, cinematic uh, proposal is concerned, plus politics, plus, you know, so we discussed and everybody agreed. A stake in this edition was also how well women would do in the competition. This year, five out of 15 feature films in the running were made by female directors. Two of them were honored. The film Shimoni by the Kenyan Angela Wamai won the third prize. And in the second position is Apolline Traoré's highly acclaimed Syrah, a film about the harsh reality of terrorism in the Sahel. The Bokinabe director received her prize with great emotion. I feel very uh, happy but a little bit uh, tense in the sense, just because, uh, happy because of my career. I, I think I, I went uh, up a little bit more out of my career. This is, this is silver, this is great. But I know that, I, that my, my people wanted uh, gold. I wasn't able to, to take gold, but it's okay. They have to be very proud of, of, of me. I'm going to continue, this is my fourth time, and I have silver now. Next time I'll have gold. Although the results sparked debates among film critics, everyone saluted the quality of this year's selection. Despite the security context looming over the festival, the 28th edition of the FESPACO kept its promises by organizing a major celebration of African cinema. Let's leave you now with a sneak peek at the latest film in the beloved slasher franchise, Scream. Courtney Cox reprises her role as Gail Weathers alongside newcomer Jenny Ortega for Scream 6. You can expect more blood, more murder and more gore as Ghostface moves out of Woodsboro and terrorizes New York City. Well, for more arts and culture, check out our website, france24.com. You can also follow us on social media. Do stay with us, though. More news coming up after this on France 24. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello. Let's play a game. You know you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> I'm something... different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. Welcome to Tikrit, a city made famous by Saddam Hussein, who was born in the nearby village of Al Awaja. This was his grave, but no one knows where 
or what's become of his tomb. The city is now the symbol of conflict between the former dictator's local Sunni supporters and pro-Iran Shiite militia. Decret revisited 20 years after the fall of Saddam Hussein on France 24 and France24.com.